right. <laughs> Leading up to the game, what were, what were you feeling? This is obviously Sunday's game. Bucks go to New England. Like, what were you feeling? What was going through your body? It was going through my body. Uh, <laughs> were you having an outer body experience? First, first of all, welcome to the Warner Brothers podcast. Kyle joined by Keenan, or Keenan joined by Kyle, whichever. First, first show. Keenan. Oh, no, it's, it's both of us. First show here in my new apartment. Yep. It's, Second, hard to believe this. Can you you been in florida now for two and a half weeks and this is somehow only our second um i actually i've only been i've actually only been here for a week you've only been you've only been in florida for a week uh-huh i thought you well, actually wait no weeks. wait sorry it's going to be it's coming up on two think. weeks i got yeah, here I'll last be- friday all right all right yeah because uh yeah you've been You've been out of here for a month. Yes. And this is our second phone call. We've both been pretty busy. Obviously, you with the move, and uh, I had a had a wedding, then I had a little vacation. So good to be back on the show. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, we more consistent, too, because it was hard because all my stuff was packed in the back of the car, and so to take it out, we had to unpack it in the small Ford Fiesta we were rocking. The not much room for error, so taking it out actually was a difficult process. It's funny that you're in Clearwater, and that's exactly the area I was in. Like, with it, we were within a day of each other, but mm-hmm. did not. But yeah, here we are. Uh, yeah, back on the pod. Glad to be back. Yeah, it feels nice. Uh, it feels nice. You ask, you ask, you know, I it sucked because I really wanted to do a lead up to uh, Brady and Belichick. Same. But here we are at the Wednesday after. What was I feeling? I didn't know what to feel. Because I think I kind of alluded to it in our last last time we talked, um, how you know it's been over a year since he left, since Tom Brady left. Um, you know he's won a Super Bowl, he's moved on, you know mm-hmm. that this that he's done it all, and still like it didn't really feel. I don't know. I felt. I had a million emotions going through me, honestly. Like, by the time the game started, because I'm like, you know, we could still have them. Uh, yeah. But- you know, this and, you know, all of that. Like, it's it's hard not to be bitter about it. Like, it really isn't. Like, I leading up, like, a half hour in, before the game, leading up to it, I'm like, I don't even want to watch this fucking game. Like, I hate this. I hate it. Like, he should have never left. There's no reason why he shouldn't be a Patriot. This is, you know, still like a year and a half after. But I'm still... Kind of bitter about it. And uh, I think I'd mentioned to you before, like when Brady was leaving, like I was like, you know, I want to draft like a running quarterback. That's why I was pretty, that's why I was so excited. Besides me liking Cam, that's why I liked having Cam was he was so different from Brady. Yeah, no, he was a, and, uh, you felt like you were actually turning over a new leaf because it was like, okay, now we're going, we went from Brady, and now we're going to something different. And then now you got, you went from Brady to Brady. Point five. It's like okay, <laughs> right? Yeah, like it's he's nothing like the current Brady, but he's a lot like the the yeah, Brady we drafted. Yeah, which definitely. Smart, knows what to do with the ball, and he doesn't doesn't turn the ball over much. And it, it's hard if you bring any sort of pocket quarterback in there. It's hard not to compare him to Brady, and that's exactly what happens with Matt. Granted, he's good. Like I'm glad we got him, but you know. It's, I don't know. I'm still bitter about it. I am too. I'm Mac Jones. We should still have Brady. 
uh, you know, I didn't expect Tampa to win it last year. You know what I mean? And Brady and the bus kind of just stole it. Like, there's no reason that couldn't have been us. You know what I mean? Well, did, but did, if not, you, I mean, I understand that we were in cap, a little bit of cap penalty, but like, if we take some of the assets, move a piece, especially with what what was going on with Stephon Gilmore last year, you move him. You get a wide receiving piece. You don't need, obviously, you didn't need the defense because the defense was still good. You mm-hmm. can make a run at it last year, and then this year with the moves they made, obviously, Brady's going to take, rework his contract, take a discount, like whatever he was going to do if they really wanted him there because, obviously, the number one goal is to win. You could have a team right now that may have Julio Jones on it with everything else and Tom Brady, and you're like, okay, so it's the Chiefs, it's the Patriots, it's the Bills. Those are your top three teams, and the Browns, the Ravens are upcoming. But (laughs) that's not what happened, clearly. Not what happened, and uh, yeah, I mean, we know what happened with Brady and Belichick. You know, Belichick, it was, you know, I guess it was mainly his decision. You know what I mean? I mean, it's... It's it's his mo kind of you know he likes to get out a year or two ahead. They him and Kraft, I mean Kraft is also kind of accountable for it. You know he's kind of got to sign off for it. But you know they underestimated the one person who's been underestimated his whole career, and you don't underestimate Tom Brady. Like you know that's and, and out of all people they off. should know that. But <laughs> out of all people, but you know here we are. Who you know who knows what happens the rest of the season with Brady? But back to your original question, how did I feel? I felt a million different ways. Um, you know, I actually had an opportunity to go to this game. That's a completely different story. Oh, really? I'm kind of glad I wasn't there. I watched this just alone and just like, you know, because I did not know how the hell to feel. But, you know, the game started and, you know, it, it really had a playoff game feel to it. Did. it. Gillette did. was great. I love that Gillette gave him the ovation, which of course we would. And then once he came out for his first snap, they fucking booed He's him the out. He's the enemy I, now. I love that. Like He's the enemy. Patriots fans, they get a lot of there's a segment of this for every football fan base, but there's a segment of Patriots fans who like get called ignorant, this and that. But you know what? The true Patriots fans, like the ones that were in the building that night, they know their football. Like you you can't be in that many big games, important games, and not know football. Like it's, it's true. Like you get you basically get a PhD in football almost. Yes. Brady and Tom PhD between Brady and Belichick. But uh especially you know, when you have back. to think when especially when you have to think like, oh, okay, now I have to really think in depth because it's not like a high fly offense always with us. We had it, but it's like Bill and Tom break down the game so much, it's like you have to really know football to understand why they do what they do. So you have so like it makes you I would say that I would just say like it's everything situational with them. Like the way Belichick coaches and every, the way they break it down, it's down to the Seemingly fundamentals of football. You know, I never played football or anything like that. But, you know, the way Belichick coaches, he seems to coach it from the ground up. Like, he keeps yeah. things simple and he wants his players ready for each situation. But, um, you know, it, they play in all these, like, the best Brady clips from when he was the Patriots. It brings back memories. Mm-hmm. You know, some were just a few years ago. But, uh, you know, I've said on here countless times, you can't put a price on what Brady and Belichick and the Patriots have brought fans for that that whole reign, for the whole 20 years, you know? Uh, You're never 
going to see anything like that again. Um, you know, it would be, you're not even going to see, you know, a quarter of that really. I mean, that's really what it is. You get usually a four-year run in the NFL and they got 20 between the greatest coach of all time and the greatest quarterback of all time. But I mean, you know, football fans have heard that over and over and over to the game. Belichick, let me, let me just say this. The Bucks won the game. It felt like a draw. Yeah. Brady and Bel- if you're going Brady and Belichick, Brady didn't throw any touchdowns. Looked genuinely flustered by uh, by Bill Belichick's game plan. Like he was dropping back everybody most of the game. Like he was sending blitzes here and there. But it was a great game plan. He looked. Um, Brady looked flustered until it was money time. <laughs> basically, and even, <laughs> like, then, and even then he didn't he didn't look like he, the Brady we know. The for Brady me, seen, for me, he felt comfortable when it was that time because the two. Oh, I think I think AB should have caught that one in the end zone, and the fir- the other one he lost in the lights, and I think that could have been a touchdown. Like the first the way- one was perfect. That second one was a tough catch. I, I don't no, know that's a tough. That's a tough catch. Hand. That's a tough catch. But it's a catch that. As a receiver, you have to have it. As a quarterback, you wish you threw it a little better. But on both, but like as a like Antonio Brown's beating himself up for not catching that one. It's not that it's his fault. Oh, like that one's a, that one's a tough one. Those ones because you have the you're leading down and your momentum's going down. And those are the hard, Those are like some of the hardest balls to catch. But that first one also, the one that landed like on the sideline, that was a beautiful ball. If he turns over the other shoulder and doesn't lose it in the light, that's a touchdown. Yeah, I'll say this. I judge I judge quarterbacks in like same the NBA. I judge opposing stars by like how scared I am when like the ball's in their hands and they're facing my teams, right? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like the short list of people I can think of who, you know, when they're dropping back to pass, I'm frightened. As a fan against him, like the two that come to mind first are Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers for me. Right. If for me, get, also, it's Deshaun Watson just because of how he when he played us. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes yeah. is the same way too. Because and Mahomes, of, too, yeah. yeah. But no, you, the other two you named are definitely definitely for the people who drop back against us. And I throw Drew Brees in there too, who we don't play often, who we never play often either. But you know, just when they drop back, you're expecting like eight yards completion. You know. And um, the only other one for us. I hate to bring it up would be Eli. If Eli got the ball in late game, I would just be like, not again. <laughs> I would say I might be I'd say I might be nervous. And I mean, actually there's more because Russell Wilson, but yeah, go on. Yeah, for sure. Those are the ones that come to mind. And Brady, you know, Belichick had such a good game plan against him. I didn't feel that way until the last draft was like, oh shit, this is what it's like when Tom Brady has got a two-minute drill against mm-hmm. you. And we held up. We held up. They got the field goal. We came down, and obviously, you know, the question is, what should we have kicked it with Nick Foles? Probably not there. It was as close as you can get. Um, it was like, it was a good, obviously, Nick Foles kick, kicked it as best as you possibly can on a miss. It was, right, it was right there in the rain. It just hooked a little bit left at the end. But, like, knowing that his career long is 56, you're going to have him kick 56 in Gillette in the rain when it's fourth and three and you've been moving the ball on the Bucks defense all night. Yeah, that Bucks defense isn't scary at all. Like you can Bucks have real problems on their defense. Yes. They're not scared at all. Yeah, we should have we should have I was surprised when we brought out Nick Full. And even if you make that, it's twenty to nineteen. The Bucks get the ball back with fifty nine seconds left, two timeouts with Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. with the ball. Like I don't I, like, those I think they would have had it. 
They would have had it probably what with forty seconds. It, no, it, he kicked. He kicked it at fifty nine. He would have made it with like fifty five. The kickoff wouldn't. They wouldn't have grabbed. It would have been about anywhere from fifty to fifty five seconds in two timeouts for Tom and Brady I to get in the field goal range. I wouldn't have I felt would, confident personally. I would have given how you know the rest of the game went. But those are the things where I don't care if Mike's two for 25. If Mike has the ball with two minutes left or with a minute left and he needs to make a shot, I'm nervous. But it's different when Pippen's guarding him compared to anyone else. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. And you'd feel more confident if Pippen was on him. But it doesn't matter sometimes. And with Mike, it wouldn't matter, or KD, it wouldn't matter. If and I'm so, taking anyone, if I'm taking anyone against Brady, it's the it's the greatest defensive mind who's oh, ever been in the NFL, who held Brady to zero touchdowns in the house that Brady built. Oh, for sure. I'm not. I'm not. If you had to handpick somebody to go against him, yeah, hundred percent, it'd be Bill Belichick. It's just offense is better than defense. Like it just like I would I would have been scared. Not that it couldn't have been stopped, but I just would have been like scared. But I wanted to see it. I I wanted to see it. <laughs> I was ready for it. I was ready for it. How did you feel in the lead up to the game and the pregame, and then when the game started? How did you feel? I during the day I wasn't really thinking about it because I was focused on Fanduel and winning money, which I didn't end up winning. Like a big, I didn't really end up winning, recouping all of my money. Not that I put in a terrible amount, but, and then it hit 7.30, and then I kept getting updates and watching him come out in the ovations, and then I got nervous to the point, like, where I felt like I was playing a home game in front of a crowd, like a playoff game. Like, I just so got... you felt like you were on the Patriots? I felt like I was on the Patriots, and... So I'm such obviously Tom Brady's my favorite athlete ever in any sport. So mm-hmm. like I wanted the Patriots to win, but I wanted it to be 35-31. I wanted it to be Tom Brady goes down and scores a touchdown, makes it 31-28 with like a minute left, and then Mac Jones turn, comes back down and scores a touchdown to win because I wanted Brady to do well, but I wanted the Patriots to win. Because I don't like my, obviously my favorite players. I want them to do well, so I wanted Brady to do well in the Patriots to win. Obviously, because of my team. That's interesting that you want your players to do well. Your favorite players to do well, even against you. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, it's still it's still like if Steph's playing the Heat, I want I wouldn't mind if Steph went for thirty five or forty, but I want the Heat to win because it's honestly the best of both worlds. I get to see who I root for every, every week as a player flourish, but I get to see the team that I root for win. And obviously, if I had to choose one, it's Tom Brady have a bad game, the Patriots win, rather than Tom Brady balls out and the Patriots lose. So, But I would like the best of both worlds if possible. If not, obviously, lean towards the team over the player. How do you feel about the Patriots sitting at 1-3, and three, sitting at tied for? The back of the division. Not great. Not because of... Not great because the AFC is so deep. True. How do you you feel about it in regards to there being a lot of season left? I think it's possible. I don't think they're... They have to... 
and obviously I'm throwing this game out because the Bucks have the best run defense. They've had it over the last three years, honestly. It's starting to get like historical-ish pace of what they've been doing uh, run defense-wise. Like they held the Patriots to negative one yard. Like Brady ran for more than himself. So like throwing that out, they need to they need to equip equipped more balance. Because obviously it's been they either throw a lot or they run a lot. I think they need to get more of a balanced attack. And McDaniels needs to open up the playbook more like he did against the Bucks for Mac Jones. Because like obviously they ran that trick play with Jacoby Meyer. Like they opened up they the playbook. Yeah, they ran a couple. Like they opened up the playbook. They need to do that to get the offense to be because their offense has been eh. It's really because we were talking about it. It was like their offense has been plain, not counting the Bucks game. They actually brought out some tricks. And if their offense is going to be plain, they're not going to win many games. They need to They need to get creative. Josh McDaniels needs to actually open up the playbook and be creative. And then if you can cuz if you can press on the other team's offense, then this defense gets even scarier. Because it's like, okay, now you're rushing passes and J.C. Jackson can go get his nine picks like he got last year. And we can get to the quarterback because Matthew Judon off the edge is great. Like, those things more. Obviously, I'm not worried about the defense. It's just offensively, can we consistently put up now 23-plus? And then I'll feel more confident. But right now, I'm not feeling like it's the end of the season already, but... It's just time to wake up, and Houston's a good team to wake up against. I agree with that. I, I'm i not hitting the panic button at all, especially after this week. This week was such a, a – no, it was a playoff game. Like, literally, mm-hmm. it was a playoff game. You know what I mean, every, the lead-up to it was a Sunday night game. Uh, you know, all that. Like you said, we have the Texans this week. Very yeah. winnable game before that. Before the Bucks game, you know, week one, we fumble, we lose. Uh, who we play week two? Week two, we blew out the Jets, but it's the Jets. Great. Jets, week three. Laid an egg against the Saints. Right. Yeah. I, and that's exactly, yeah. And yeah. I, I, caught, I caught here and there. That's right. We haven't even talked since then. So I caught here and there because that was the wedding day. Shouts yeah. to Adams. Adams and Christina. Congrats to both of y'all. Congratulations. Uh, so, you know, I was, the wedding was at 3.30. So I, we caught like most of the first half and I caught the beginning of the third quarter. I think we started the third quarter with a turnover, if I remember mm-hmm. right. And yeah, then no, she, Mac uh, didn't look good that day. The team didn't look great. It was. Yeah, it was just a bad loss all around. It, that was the, the Patriots could easily be sitting. There's a world where there could be 4-0. But they, mm-hmm. there's a real world where they should be three and one. They don't fumble against the Dolphins. They win now. They're two and two. I'll give you the Saints loss because they just played bad. And the Bucks, they could have beat the go for it on fourth and three. And if you get that, chances are you win the game because you can get more yards instead of a fifty-six. It's a forty-six or a forty-four yard field goal, and Folk probably hits that because he's been very consistent. So. The good and the good thing about it is, you know, coming out of that game, I'm I'm not into moral victories, but it truly felt like a moral victory. And everybody on the Bucks side and everyone around the Patriots organization seemed to come out of that game feeling like a playoff team by the sounds of it. Like I forget who it was. I think it was Antonio Brown said that's not a one and three team over there. So, you know, I'm hoping 
because the second half of our schedule is tough. I'm hoping we got Texans this week. Then the Cowboys we next week. Cowboys after that. So that doesn't you know, say – and that's – if we need to beat the Texans and then the Jets and we need to win one of the two games against either the Cowboys or the Chargers. Yeah, we, we got we got the Texans this week, Cowboys after that, Jets, Chargers, Panthers, Browns, Falcons, then the Tech. So that's all – Falcons game is right before Thanksgiving, so I'm going to repeat that for you. Texans, Cowboys, Jets, Chargers, Panthers, Browns, Falcons, all before Thanksgiving. That's not an easy schedule. Not one of those games, unless we're going to say the Jets and maybe this coming week with the Texans. None of those games are easy. No, they should should win those two games. Those are the two they they should, and as we know with divisional games, anything can happen. So Mm -hmm. we can't even... Count that with the Jets, but yeah, okay. I'm saying if they win, I'm I'm expecting them to win those two games. They need to, okay, but you can't sure. lose those ones and make the playoffs. So they're three and three after winning those two. Out of those next four, you need to for sure. And even then, like it's crazy because you know you're usually. I'm going back to what I said last time. Usually, when you're around Halloween, going in November, you know the season's basically half done and it's really not after that like even just that one game it opens up so much for everybody between injuries between between all that i mean when you look at the afc west right now i think the chiefs are technically in last um no they yeah no actually yeah they are in last and in the that's why the patriots that's why i don't think they're they need to wake up and they need to they need to be above 500 by Thanksgiving or they're not making the playoffs. And it's I mean obviously it's hard because obviously someone out of the AFC South has to win the Titans or the Colts. I think it'll probably be the Titans even though their defense is paper mache. Um the Browns and the Ravens are going to make it. The Bengals' offense makes it interesting. I think they'll probably regress just because I don't think they're there yet and their defense isn't as good as it's been. But then you have the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Chiefs. At least two of those teams are making it. And then obviously the Bills. So I just named two, two, three, five. That's about six teams that are I think are definitely making the playoffs. And so they're fighting now with the Bengals, the Raiders, the Broncos, and then obviously the Steelers and the Colts could make something happen, and the Dolphins as well. So those are seven teams that are fighting for like one spot. Patriots got lucky with the Dolphins getting with Tua getting injured. Mm-hmm. That's going to help out a lot because I think they can kind of hop into that second spot in the AFC East because uh, you know the Bills. Bills are obviously contenders, so they're probably going to, I don't want to say run away with the division, but they're going to win the division. Yeah, I would I say. Say, the Bills, at this point, especially with them being one and three, it would take uh, it would take a serious injury to someone, to someone real big for them not to. I would be shocked if they didn't without any injuries. Be very Cause shocked. Because really, really, really what you're looking at is AFC West and AFC North. Because, you know, those are the two right now. The South the is having one person out of it, and that's that. In yeah, my and you're... Probably going to take the Titans. You never know what the Colts could do if Carson Wentz is healthy. But the Jaguars are obviously a mess. If uh, you've been following any of the Urban Meyer situation, he doesn't even look like he's going to make it the rest of the season. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Texans, who have been performing well for their uh, for their lack of talent, definitely Other better than, than we thought. Week. 
other than last week, sitting at one and three. <laughs> they, but uh, they got I'm beat up I'm by really, the Bills. I'm real interested to see what happens with the Bengals. Uh, the Ravens look good. The Browns, they've got a good record. I'm not sure how I feel about them now. And then they, the AFC West, specifically the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders, all three of them, I like. I really. I really, I don't know. I just don't know about them. I haven't seen enough. The Chargers look good on offense. Uh, they obviously just got a good win against the Raiders. The Raiders, I was not expecting to be three and run. One. No, I wasn't either. The and uh, obviously, I think we all expect the Chiefs to really take over that division. But if not, you know, who the hell knows coming out of there? I think you know? it's going, if if it stay, if my opinion, I think the Chiefs are going to win the division. I think the Chargers will be in second. The Broncos, to me, have a quarterback mm-hmm. issue. I don't like Teddy Bridgewater's out and Drew Locke is not it. So he's not I bad, though. Drew, Drew Locke's better than a backup. He's better than a but like he's I don't know. He's, he's just kind of he's been wild. He's just been inconsistent with how he has played. I don't think that I don't think that they're gonna be I don't know. They're offensively. I think they need to gain more, uh, more consistency for me to really believe in them. And then the Raiders are the Raiders. Not that they have exactly what the Steelers are, but the Raiders have had seasons like this in the past, and one of them came through fruition. But David, David, but Derek Carr got injured at the end of the season, and. I don't know if they're going to keep it up because they kind of did the similar thing last year and then they fell off. So I, yeah, I never know with the Raiders. The Raiders are semi-Steeler-ish where like, if the Steelers are booming at the beginning of the year, it's like, oh, wait for the Steelers fall at the end. Yeah, and usually actually with the Steelers, they usually, it's not so much that they fall, it's always that they, you can guarantee that they're going to give it up to like to a bottom-tier team at yeah. some point. And uh, the Steelers, Big Ben looks finished. So, like, I'm not even, I'm not too worried about the Steelers this year, especially sitting at one and three. So, who knows what happens with them? But, uh, you know, yeah, usually through this, usually it's the first quarter of the season, the first four games. Now we can't even say that. Usually there's always a team that starts, you know, three and one, four and oh, and they fall off. There's so many right now that seem they're at three and one. Uh, it's going to be an interesting season, to say the least. And, you, you know, you can never discount the Patriots. No, no, I'm not uh, discounting them at all. I'm not saying that they can't make the playoffs at all or anything like that. Because last year I was, last year I feel more confident about this team than I did last year's team. It's just they haven't put themselves obviously with the bad loss to the Saints and coughing up the game against the Dolphins and questionable against the Bucks. But you expect not expected, but you understand that loss more. Um, they're just they just haven't put themselves in a good position. They can get out of it. It's just tough that they're in it. That one and three. That one and three is kind of tough, especially with how the AFC has shaped up so far this season. But there's a lot of football left. There's 13 games left for everybody. And uh, yeah, we usually see their defense really take shape and identity usually around week seven, week eight. Mm-hmm. So I'm real, especially coming after this one. We got Jamie Collins back. Uh, we can talk briefly about Gilmore. We obviously traded Gilmore for a six-round pick, so which the, is the Panthers are also good. looking. Oh, that defense is looking a little spooky over there. <laughs> they're they're looking yeah, solid. Yeah. It's all up to Sam Darnold. They have everything yeah. else. Yeah, Panthers are looking good. Uh, yeah, when they got Sam Darnold, that was 
you know, you put Sam Darnold with a real team, he's going to do some things. I've always, even when he was with the Jets, I've always liked him. I've always liked what he could do. It just seemed like, you know, he was with that JV franchise in New York. He's just going to happen like that. He's rushing you know, more than I ever thought he would. He has like five rushing touchdowns this season. He's turning yeah, like to mini Lamar. Like I have no idea. Like they're running him on like, like the one that threw me off the other day. I think in the last game they were in a quarterback draw from like eleven yards out. It was like and he's just like oh drop back no okay I'm gonna run up the middle for a touch. It was threw me off. I was like okay Sam Darnold. He literally was looking like Lamar with the way the plays they were calling for him. Yeah, he's definitely got some mobility to him for sure. And uh, you know, while on the topic of quarterbacks, you're your boy Fields did indeed take up the job over for Andy Dalton. Good, uh, which I think, I think it's good. I think it's good because I'll. I feel like he. I just feel like you should at this point also with him, Andy Dalton getting injured, moving forward. You move on with your future rather than try to elongate your past. I guess because after this season, regardless of how this season goes. Justin Fields is going to be the starting quarterback next year for the Bears. And now that he's already in, you might as well see what you get. Learn what he, his strengths are, his weaknesses are. So in that next offseason, you can really fine-tune him. And you can come back next year and be more of a contender for that division. Not that they're the best team, obviously, the Packers are. So let me ask you how you feel about the trade of Stephon Gilmore. Because I have mixed feelings about it. And then the addition... Of uh, Jamie Collins, who pretty much, you know, I don't know if you know this about like about international soccer, but like what they'll do instead of trades, they'll loan a player. So like, let's say Manchester City, they got a player, they'll loan him to another club, but he'll still technically be on Manchester City, so he can still like technically come back. That's what it seems like with Jamie Collins. <laughs> he gone to the went to the Cleveland Browns. We traded him mid season when and I think we won the Super Bowl against the Falcons that year. We traded him when he was like looking like the most promising player because he was having a bad season. Everyone said that was like a a message by Bill Belichick that anyone could get traded. Mm -hmm. And uh, came back. I don't know if it was the next season or I think two seasons after that. He was a vital part in the uh, in the Rams Super Bowl. Left for the Lions the season after that with Matt to go play for Matt Patricia. The Lions release him and he's back home. Back home where he needs to be. He's one of my all time favorite Patriots. Yes, always has been. I don't know why. So glad to have him back. Uh, Gilmore, though, how do you feel about that? Um, real quick, because Jamie got to wake up to that this morning. Yes, huh? I'll, I'll quickly. I'm just going to touch on Jamie Collins. Yeah. Um, Jamie Collins, uh, Caleb Lanou, because I talked to him a lot about the Patriots as well. <laughs> he messaged me and was like, "Yep, we're getting the band back together with Jamie Collins coming back." I was like, "Yeah, I like it because like him and Kyle Van Noy, people like that." They may not play as well other places, even though Kyle Van Noy wasn't terrible. But when they come back to the Patriots, it just feels like they're at home and it's like, okay, I'm comfortable again. And I know exactly what I need to do. Like, my job is solidified. So I think Jamie Collins will be an addition for us just to the defense. It's crazy because Collins could, he's got the tools to be an all pro at like anywhere. You know yeah, what I mean? He's, I know. He was, he's an outstanding athlete. He was the best cover, um, cover corner, best coverage linebacker in the league a few years back with the range he had. Like, he had such range. Like, you could put him on legitimate. Like, he would have been perfect for Travis Kelsey at that time. Kelsey wasn't what he is now, but he would have been perfect for him. Not that Kel- you're going to stop him, but that big linebacker so you can be physical with him, but can actually run with him. But right. anyway, so Jamie Collins, 
He may not be what he was, but he's still going to be an asset. I think Jamie Collins will be good. Stephon Gilmore. I'm upset about it. I I get it because, I mean, J.C. Jackson's contract's coming around the corner, so they're going to obviously sign him to a big deal, I assume. You never know with New England, but I would assume because he is really good. But They got a franchise him, too. Yeah, it just, it just felt like... It felt like you could tr- you could have traded him for so much more. Like I don't like I mean obviously that's what they got. So apparently not. But I don't know. It just felt like in the off season we were hearing oh first round pick for Stephon Gilmore, and I was like, yeah, I, I'm good with that. Or like Stephon Gilmore for Julio straight up. I was like, yeah, I, I can go. We can do that. Like that's fine. Like you heard rumblings of things like that, and then you're like, "Oh, we traded him for a sixth round pick." I mean, unless he's Tom Brady, like <sighs> you had the Defensive Player of the Year two years ago, now traded him for a sixth round pick. It's weird how things like that happen in the NFL. It's only the NFL too. It feels like, but I, I'm I'm not happy with it. But I guess there's probably things behind the scenes I clearly don't know. Yeah, I think originally I was. I was unhappy about it originally. And then once I found out, A, that we released him midseason in a season where he was supposed to come back, I believe he would have been eligible to practice next week, then he would have been able to play in week seven. Yes. Uh, you know, that says a lot. And then the fact that we got a six-round pick for him, not even, uh, you know, this coming season, a future six-round pick, that tells me a lot. So I read earlier, he, he they shot him around Monday to teams they were comfortable with Breaking down the parameters that he's, you know, he's going to be an upcoming free agent and he wants a new deal. And, you know, they couldn't get a deal done. And the fact that, so they really, they obviously put out this morning that they're releasing him to see what they could get. And that's what they got with the future six round pick. That tells me quite a bit about where not only Belichick and the Patriots think Gilmore's at, but where the league thinks Gilmore's at. He is coming off an injury. Uh, He didn't. He didn't do anything at camp. Like, so he hasn't even like touched the field since, I don't know, we would call it maybe spring of last year. If not, you know, what? he went out probably like week 11 last year. So he really hasn't touched the field probably since, you know, last November or something like that. I have to look when his injury happened. But so my thing is, yeah, he's probably a diminished version of Stefan Gilmore, but I still would have took that across from J.C. Jackson. Um, yeah, like the you like it'd be it's gonna be telling what he is on the Panthers, but yeah. it's going to be really hard. It's hard for me to believe right now that Stephon Gilmore is not like by the end of the season can't be eighty five percent of what he was. That's what I'm saying. I think he will be diminished, but like even no, if it's eighty five percent of what he was, if you take eighty five percent of a defensive player of the year, you get a very you get a solid to very good number two corner. So like I just don't understand why he couldn't have been paired with Jonathan Jones and JC Jackson, and then you again go back to having the best defensive backing back core in the league. Like I, I just didn't get it. I don't know. That's kind of where I am, but you know. The league kind of shows you your value, and it's a future six-round pick. I don't know. I'm really interested, you know. Um, granted, the, only we could, I was say, the only thing I could think of would be that the Patriots clearly weren't going to sign him next year. The um, Everyone in the league knew it, so it was like 
well, why trade for him now when we're going to have to give him a max deal? I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just something along those lines, but I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I don't would say it, that, but that's me. I would say that, except the NFL is most definitely a win now league. And, yeah, uh, so you would th- premium premium corn don't come around that often. And, you know, he kind of, he did slip from his uh, defensive player of the year two years ago. Last mm-hmm. year, he wasn't as good. No. I still have to would have took him. So I'm really interested to see how he is coming off a quad injury. Uh, not touching the field in forever, not having any training camp, not having any of that, you know, the luxury of any of that. Now he's coming back. Now he's going to a new system. It'll be really interesting to see how he is if he plays week seven, coming back for them. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if the pup list, if that kind of carries over to the other team or if he'd be eligible to play this week. So I I'm think, really it, I think it carries over. I, I think it does carry over. But like, I don't know. I just felt if you were going to say – like, just for the Bucks, for example. If they're going to be like, hey, Richard Sherman, get off your couch Wednesday. Come play with us Sunday. We know you have legal stuff going on, but we need you anyway. And they're just going to pick up someone like Richard Sherman, who has been de- who's been declining for the last few years. And they're going to sign him, obviously. You would feel that someone like the Bucks would trade for a fourth-round pick, at least. Like, obviously, I'm not in the organization, so I don't know what their thoughts were or what they felt or whatnot. Or maybe the Patriots work with Stephon Gilmore and teams like the Bucks weren't on the table because they wouldn't be able to offer him a contract next year. And he only wanted to go to a team that was a max team. Like, I, There's so much that could be here and that you could unpack from it, but it just didn't make sense to me. Whatever, whatever there is just didn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I would say, you know, if you got a future six-round pick, there's a reason for that. Um, I hope. <laughs> normally, I hope. normally, be, besides Tom Brady, normally Belichick is right on these things. So we'll see. We'll be able to see right off. We'll be able to see mm-hmm. in a couple uh, weeks. I was gonna say he's had a couple misses, but yeah, I was gonna say like I think Chandler Jones was a little bit of a miss because he's true. Because Chandler Jones last year is still one is like one of the five best pass rushers in the league. He's been putting up ten to fifteen sacks every year. So like but that trade worked out for him because I believe we got Joe Tooney out of that trade. Yeah, Someone like that. It's, he knows to say normally like there's a re, a method to the madness and Bill Belichick's done a good job with it. Obviously, you don't have the you don't have championship success without doing some sort of a good job, but. Well, this one we'll see on. I mean, because obviously you can make mistakes. So we'll see if he did, this is a mistake or if he got kind of what still from Stefan Gilmore was worth. Only time will tell that one. Time will tell. This is definitely a heavy Patriots podcast, which I think people could have predicted, honestly. But uh, whatever, like it, it, it matters. I mean, there and the Patriots have been in actual news, like. I'm not that we're just trying to be sports news, but I'm saying the Patriots have been all over sports news because this was the biggest regular season game maybe ever. Like, of course, I mean, this yeah, is the first the most, time we got to talk about it. For sure, one of the most anticipated ever, that's for sure. Yeah, that's definitely. Sure. definitely. I definitely have gotten sick of watching the uh, the Tom Brady Bucks Patriots Adele ad Oh, NBC. <laughs> I definitely got yeah. sick of that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Bucks did their thing. We lost. I, I got high hopes. I'm not sure if we're in the playoffs, but I do think we end the season with a winning record. So we'll see. That, that, this defense is starting to take shape. I'm excited to have Jamie Collins back. Judon looks good. Uh, our secondary looks great. Mm-hmm. You know, 
we're think starting it, to move the ball. We're we're obviously not uh, we're not going to be a high scoring offense, but once we get that formula down, we once we get our identity, which again usually we find around mid season, you know, yeah. Especially uh, if we come off a couple wins mid season here, like I said, these next three weeks with that Texans Jet stretch, yep. that'll help out a lot. So yeah, I'm hoping we're we come out of that stretch, you know, five hundred. If we can, at the worst, one game under five hundred. If we need to beat the Chargers, definitely because there may be a team we're fighting for in the wild card. But so it's def that that's definitely going to be that's definitely going to be tough. The playoffs are going to be tough just because of how we started. But I think this team has promise for sure. For sure, and we see teams all the time make league season runs. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you never know. I I don't I'm not ruling out the playoffs, but I think it's going to be very tough because of the position that we're in through four weeks. By the way, I also want to add like just quick on the corners had me thinking. There was a time this is you know kind of crazy. There was a time when it was Darrell Revis and Namdi Azamalong with like the two best corners in the league, and then Namdi completely fell off in a way like we've never seen. Like he. Yeah, no, he got he, that big contract from the Eagles, and like we literally never heard from him again. Yeah, you know, he, he fell he off. He went from an all-pro corner to just just a guy. Like he came a nobody. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, no, it's yeah. There's those things happen, but it's just I don't know. Like I'm not saying it didn't happen to Stephon Gilmore. It's just the from the last thing that I saw to what he was traded for, it just doesn't compute. But but obviously there's been almost a year in between, and a lot can happen within a year to a body. So I don't know. Next time we come on, which will probably, you know, next week or whatever, because I know you're pretty busy, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll get our little NBA preview going because NBA's thing starts two weeks from yesterday or tonight, one or two. And fantasy drafts coming up for us soon. Fantasy um, drafts coming up. So uh, do you have any, you don't have to give me any, like, grand predictions. I think you kind of already did a few weeks ago, our last podcast together, actually. The last but, time you, I thought I thought the Lakers and Warriors were going to meet in the conference finals, that was on the spot a while back. Obviously, there's been stuff that's happened. You'll see how teams are really fully, and I'll dive into it and really give my actual prediction. Right now, I think Brooklyn is... I don't know with Brooklyn. Kyrie just upsets me daily. So Brooklyn, I think the only thing that's going to really be in their way is themselves. Obviously, they have to play the Bucks, and they're good teams in the East. I'm not making it seem like they're a cakewalk. But I think the biggest problem will be themselves if they can have chemistry, if Kyrie Irving's going to be up and down, or if he's actually going to be with the team or not with the team or what. And then Philly is another team, obviously. And that's what are they going to do with Ben Simmons? Like, is he going to actually be a human being and play with them? Is he done? Is they going to trade nah. him? Yeah. Like he oh. said, he'll forfeit the whole season. Yeah. I say I know. And that's what I'm, I'm just saying, unless he has a change of heart at some point, but like move him. Like, I just don't understand what the weight is. Just move him. I feel like you can get something for him. Like, they're not gonna make. They're not gonna make a deal if, unless the deal's right, and that's kind of what it is. Simmons is kind of hurting his own value, really. I mean, sitting out of season is not ever gonna increase your value. And it doesn't so. help when 
it was different for like when Harden, not that Harden was sitting out, but Harden was like pretty much tanking while playing by just getting fat yeah. and just doing whatever. But Harden before that was averaging like 37. And so you're like, okay, Harden's Harden. He's just... He's a superstar. He's a, he's a superstar. He's Harden. He just doesn't want to be here anymore. So I have zero concern about what he's going to be if we acquire him. The last time we saw Ben Simmons, the last thought you have of Ben Simmons is him one foot away from the basket passing up a layup. That's not a good thought. <laughs> so, like, you having that, then you not opting out of playing in the Olympics when you could have, and then this happening, it's like you're diminishing yourself. When, I mean, obviously, I think I think he's really good. I think, obviously, he develops a jump shot. He could be – he has the talent to be a top-five player in the league. It's just if he will put it together and want to work for it. So, it, it Ben Simmons is a weird one. Yeah, the East the East is definitely better. I agree with you on Brooklyn. Uh, you mentioned their chemistry. I think their chemistry is there. Like, we saw that last year. Their chemistry is going to be great. Their, their only question is going to be, you know, obviously health. And then uh, Kyrie and his vaccination status. Oh, like, oh I, I think their chemistry without Kyrie, I think, is fine. I just don't... Even with Kyrie, is good. I know. I just don't know how teams... And like that, obviously, a team with that cali- those caliber of players will you'd probably would figure it out, but... Sometimes with the, oh, you're playing this week, and then the, oh, you're not playing this week, and then the, oh, you're here, and then the, oh, you're not, that can kind of be like, you can't get into a rhythm. Where teams like the Bucks, you know what you're getting every single night from every player, you get into more of a rhythm, and you get more camaraderie around it. I don't know. Yeah, I, just, I, mean, when, I think that could be a slight all- issue, but I don't, I'm not going to blow it out of proportion like it's the worst thing in the world, but I just think that could be a slight issue to a championship, not for them to succeed. It'll certainly be a distraction. I think their chemistry is there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I just thought it's a pretty equal opportunity offense, even given with the ISO. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because Harden, I mean, Harden proven to be, like, he could arguably be the best point guard in the league if he needs to be. And Durant's one of the most unselfish superstars you have. So it's really easy when you have those two working. Yeah. The Nets are scary. The East is deep. Uh, but, you know, I not to give too much away, but I think it's trending towards the nets Bucks conference finals. Uh, watch I really out for the heat. watch out for the heat. Watch out for the Celtics too. I really like what they did with their team. Their offseason, their deep team. They're going to be tough to score on. Uh, the Bulls are interesting. The Bulls. I'm real excited to watch the Bulls. They look fun already. Yeah, uh, I'm the East in general. Like I'm ready for. I mm-hmm. if I could give one, not to get into it, but if there's one team I think is going to drop off. I think it's going to be the Atlanta Hawks, and not like drop off out of the playoffs. But I don't think they're going to be a fourth seed this year. Uh, I could be absolutely wrong about that, but I would take, I would take the Heat, Celtics, Sixers. I mean, the Sixers are already out of them, but like in that mid tier, maybe even the Knicks. I would take that, you know, and the Bulls. The Bulls, the, I think. Hornets the Bulls are also be, interesting. I mean, not that they're going to be like in the playoff and like in the finals run, but like they're just an interesting team because they could definitely make a playoff run. Yeah, they'll definitely make it interesting. They'll definitely be in that. Uh, in that playing game kind of slot. Yeah, because so, they were there I'm last ready. year and they got better. I can't who they acquired that they actually got better. But anyways, go on. But yeah, no, I, I just think the East is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Brooklyn, you know, I think we all think Brooklyn would be the team to come out of that. But I don't know. I think it's going to be kind of a gauntlet. Uh, the Warriors, the Warriors, I go back and forth on. You know, I really think, I really think if you pick out one team that's going to be there that maybe wasn't there before. 
in that uh you know that six team group that can get into the semis or get into the conference finals. I think of course you pick the Warriors with Clay coming back. Thing is though with Clay, he's missed two full seasons. You know you yeah. can't as much as like, Clay's probably my favorite player on the Warriors, but I you know you can't take anybody who misses two full seasons and expect them to just be you know their original selves mm-hmm. just like that. So I don't really know what Clay's going to be this year. He'll obviously help. Uh, he'll obviously shoot the fuck out of the ball. You know, that's Clay, what Clay Thompson does. Yeah. My question, and I don't think this is brought up enough. Here's where I, here's where the Warriors hang me up, and we'll get into this more next week. Okay. Is, uh, is they're going to be basically playing four on five. In the matchup with the Lakers, I don't see how they, how you can beat the LA Lakers. Who can, you know, when you got Melo, you got players like that, everyone's going to be able to score, you know? Yeah. Minus these lineups with like Rondo, but even Rondo is going to be more apt to shoot it than Draymond Green. You're playing, it's really no difference than Ben Simmons. Draymond's afraid to shoot. Draymond doesn't want to shoot. Draymond doesn't even want to shoot layups. We saw that in the Olympics. Uh, I think that's way more of a question mark than what people are even talking about. Like, because that's going to be a real issue with them, especially as offensive heavy as everyone seems to be loading up now, especially like LA. They're not, they're not even caring about defense. They could be good on defense. But they're looking to score, just like Brooklyn is. You know, they're the Warriors, Warriors are going to have... Yeah, go on. What's up? No, sorry, I was go on. The, the Warriors, if they're crunch time five, something like, you know, Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond, and whoever, no matter what, it's going to be four on five. With Draymond not even looking to shoot. So that's that's my issue with the Warriors. That's where I see that being a hang-up as, as much of an asset, as much of a weapon as he is on defense. Because he can guard one through five, obviously. And he's you know, kind of the de facto point guard of that mm-hmm. team. But he does not look to shoot, doesn't want to shoot. He's afraid to shoot. He's not He's not the 2016 Draymond that was, you know, for whatever reason, the only version of Draymond that he could shot almost 40% football. from three, or I think 40% from three that year. Anywhere from 35 and, to 40% from three that year. And made seven threes in that game seven that they lost to the Cavs. 32, uh, 15, and nine, or 32, 15, and seven. Yeah. Like he went off. And we'll, you know... We'll never. Seems like we'll never see him make three threes in a game again. So that version of Draymond is gone. Uh, you know, if he comes back and is even a twenty, a thirty percent three point shooter, I would be surprised. So that's my huge question mark with them. You can't can't win playing four on five. So that's my big question mark with the Warriors. That they're going to be one of my teams to watch this year, obviously, with the uh, with the whole band back together. But I'm really interested to see. What they do with Draymond, you know, I don't think mm-hmm. necessarily to trade him, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if they traded Draymond. But you know, the question is, what would you get back for him? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Draymond and his and his uh his kind of Ben Simmons quandary. That's what. That's one of my big questions going into this season for sure. Yeah, there that that's a real issue, definitely. So I definitely I fully agree with that. He needs to. If he can make threes at a 30% clip, then the Warriors definitely can make a Western Conference Finals. And obviously, if he can be the Western Conference... What? He doesn't even want to shoot him, though. That's the thing. He's not even looking to shoot. There's guys in the paint, and he's not even looking to shoot a mid-range jump shot. He's not even looking to shoot a layup. It's weird, because he does it every, like, one out of every, like, ten games. And I don't understand why. Because I've wa- I've watched enough Warriors games to where there will be random nights where Draymond's like, hey, I guess I'll shoot today. I'm like that's cool. It's like wh- do it all the time. Like I understand that you have Steph and you have Clay now coming back. You have Andrew Wiggins. You've had Wiseman. Like 
Jordan Poole can shoot. Like we we understand that, but you are not an asset if you're not shooting. Like you're Same. just. It's the same thing with Simmons, though. You know, it's a mental thing, and Rondo went through it early on with the Celtics in his career, where teams would sag off him, and he just wouldn't look to shoot. Completely a mental thing. Uh, he's lost all confidence in his shot. Uh, so yeah, I'm. As I've said, real interested to see how that develops because I do think they'll be better. I do think they'll be in that in the top five range, especially if Clay does come back healthy and like is the Clay Thompson we think he is. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I have more. Ha- I I mean, I understand. I understand it was longer, so but I do have more confidence in it now that Kevin Durant looked the way he did. True, but and, he, and not he, that, and not that. Yeah, season, yeah, I'm not saying that. I mean, it's a whole nother season. I'm not saying Clay's going to instantly come back and be that Clay Thompson. It's just I feel more confident that he can get to his true self with what I saw from Kevin Durant, and that may not be fully fair because like Kevin Durant could be an anomaly, or you never, you never know what's going on. It's just. That's how personally I feel. I feel like there's a better chance because when you see it done once, you believe it can happen again more. But so yeah, the first say those are two different situations, given that Clay had a torn ACL before. And yeah. I guess I guess John Wall kind of similar situation as well because I think he tore his ACL then. <laughs> like he slipped on ice or something back. like that and tore his Achilles or something like that. But yeah, I feel I feel as if. That the warrior, as of right now, I kind of not changing what my thought original thoughts were. I think the Suns are going to fall off just a touch. I don't think they're. I think they're still a playoff team. I still think they're a team that you've got to watch out for. But I don't think they're going to have as good of a season. Okay. I and not that they've gotten worse. I just think it's going to be interesting to see if they can redo what they did last year. Um, there's that's there, and then with the West, there's just injuries. Like Kawhi is a problem. Uh, Jamal Murray is he coming back mid-season or end of the season? Do you know at all? Like I haven't heard too much about that, so I don't personally know. I just know he's not going to start the season. Yeah, I would expect to see him back probably after the All Star break because he got injured. He got injured around that time last year, like March or April. Yeah, so I just don't I'll know. Then how I'll they are going to be back later. And then Kawhi, Kawhi judging by every other injury we've seen with him, I wouldn't even expect him back this season. But if he does come back, obviously that makes the Clippers some sort of danger. Oh, oh for uh, sure. I just don't, I just don't think that he's going to be there. Yeah, that, I, don't think back. I don't think he comes back at all this season. Yeah, so I just don't think he's going to be there. Um, so then you have the Jazz. Hard, they're always a good team, but it's hard to it's hard to feel they're going to go to the championship. It, it just always is. The Mavericks, it's how much help can you really get around Luka? Can Kristaps Porzingis go back to being New York Kristaps Porzingis, or has, or we have a new version of him? Like I feel every team has more questions than the Warriors that are part of that top. You think... You think those no, are not, bigger questions than Draymond shooting moves um, and Clay Thompson coming off a two-year absence? Um, in the sense of, I think when you take 
take Kawhi off the Clippers, I think the Warriors are better. I think you take Jamal Murray off the Nuggets, I think the Warriors are better. I I mean, I think it, yeah, I think the Warriors are about their bet. I think they're a little better. It's the Jazz, it's hard for me to put faith in them. So I going through I have faith that Klay Thompson can come back and be 85%. I think he can be Klay Thompson offensively. I just worry defensively. Because offensively, it's not like his game involves running. It didn't involve like leaping, which and like real explosiveness. Mm-hmm. So I think Klay Thompson can go back to being about full Klay offensively in most, and like I can't even say most. I think he'll come back to be a lot of Clay defensively. I don't know how much, obviously. It depends on how much his legs are. So I think with that, you have 85 to 90% of Clay. The Warriors got a little, got better in the draft. And then you have Draymond Green. Really, the question for me is Draymond Green. And I think Jamal Murray and Kawhi Leonard are bigger questions than Draymond Green, personally. That that's, that's where that's where that's where my thoughts are right now. But obviously, I haven't dove into it more, so I'd have to figure out what matchups are and what I think gonna happen for me to really give you a, like a real real prediction on it. But as of right now, just off the top of my head, that's my thought. That's real interesting. Uh, you know, all right. I mean, and, I would. And obviously, it's like the Lakers, the Suns. The Lakers and the Suns are gonna be there, and then it's the Jazz, the Mavericks, the Warriors. Clippers, depending, and the Nuggets, I think, are there in Portland. But Portland, I don't have faith in. I've seen it too many times. All right. That's that's interesting. So, no, you have no fear about the Warriors' core, even though there's real, real questions there. But the Jazz, who have their whole team, I mean, they got banged up last year during the Clippers series. Specifically, no, Donovan Mitchell I, with his great angle. I guess... I guess for me, it's not more so questions. I just have more. And by I way, guess I with those with, teams, I just have to see it to believe. Because like, I don't know, I, I just, just have to see it. I'd be with you if it was just one injury for Clay. If Clay was coming off, you know, just one season missed, we've seen that plenty of times where players miss a season and you know come back. Two full seasons is a lot to ask of anybody. It Whether is. Even, even if it was LeBron, even if it was Durant, that's a lot to ask of anybody. To you know, your last. Your last game action was June 2019. You know, no, I no, I agree, and I understand why. I understand why people would pause for sure. I'm not. I just, for me, I guess it is Clay's game. I think Clay's game can would be better suited, obviously, coming off an injury than say someone like Derrick Rose when he came off his injuries. Derrick Rose's game is fully off explosiveness, and we Derrick Rose is really getting back to his form like now. Like yeah. over the last like year, year and a half, and yeah. over the last and year, saying, year. And most most athletes are going to tell you like when you're coming off a serious injury like that, it's not the physical part; it's it's, it's the mental. mental part. So it's real, you know. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't expect Clay to really, even if he came back. Let's say he comes back around Christmas, I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect us to see like the real Clay until you know, yeah. going into the playoffs. Maybe you know what I mean. And like that's like, going to take a while to get his rhythm back. Yeah. And then Draymond. Same thing with Draymond. Draymond, it's the same question as we'd have with Ben Simmons last year with the Sixers. Yeah, the Sixers are great. Yeah, the Sixers are a contender. But when you got someone who who's gonna pass up a dunk, like that's something Draymond Green will do. You know what I mean? Like mm. he does not wanna 
at any way attempt to score the ball. He's looking to get rid of it. He's playing hot potato. I don't it's hard in this and especially this league with it's completely offense now. Yeah. Completely hard to play four and five. It was hard to play four and five ten years ago, let alone in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. So I don't know. I don't know because he's going to be a part of their crunch time five no matter what. So Dre, Draymond is going to be the one. But yeah, Clay. And, and, I see, hope and also here, the, sorry, sorry. Also, the thing is, the one thing that I actually do trust Draymond with more is making a big time shot because he actually takes and makes those. So I mean, not that that's the only say, thing. I would say but, Warriors yeah. fans disagree. With, I would say most Warriors fans are going to disagree with that. Like he's he's just lost all confidence in his shot. I mean. Late game shots, he takes and makes those. He passed up a layup in a late game situation, right? And it was in the in the, in the playoff, say, situation. Yes, um, he takes and in the Olympics. Um, the Olympics, I wasn't able to watch as much as the Olympics as I wanted to. That's the one mindset I'm thinking. Threes from Draymond Green is more so what I'm thinking than layups at the moment. I don't know yeah, why. For some reason, he's takes. If he's passing up layups, I didn't expect him to take threes late game. I, I, I don't know. I guess I've just seen it enough for me to believe that he would take an open jump shot. Five uh, years ago, late. Maybe. Well, I mean, Five even in like ago. the, I mean, even in their last real playoff run, like he was taking shots in their playoff run to go to the finals when they obviously lost to the Raptors. But anyways, that um. I understand. I'm not saying your concerns are not valid. They're completely valid with Draymond Green because he is in that Ben Simmons ilk of are you going to do it today or not. I just think there's more of a chance of him doing it under pressure for some reason. But just from what I've seen in his past. But I understand completely where you're coming from. I don't think you're wrong in that at all. All right. Very interesting. I can't wait to talk about it more next week Mm -hmm. as we uh, get closer to the season. Because, I don't know, judging, it feels like it's going to be a great NBA season. Yes. You know, we're finally going to have some sense of normalcy. Uh, it's been a great NFL season so far. I've been wanting to say that. There was a, you know, because I kind of thought back to, it was probably like, it might have been 2017. I can't really remember. You might remember this, but there was a game. There was a season, I want to say it was 2017, where like the first eight weeks, it just wasn't good football. Like nothing was good. And then there was a Steelers-Cowboys game, like week eight. I think it was at Pittsburgh. And I think Dallas ended up winning. And it was a very good game. And the season kind of just, like, ascended from there. Like, everything started getting good the second half of the season. This has been good since week one. There's been games, great games every week this year. Like, no, it's been felt like game, game of the – sorry, I was going to say, there's felt like every week has had, like, a game of the year contender. But go on. Something like that. Yeah, there's just always – Fun endings, fun games, even the blowouts, like people are just going off. Like it feels it feels back to the NFL. Like it's it's a great season already, which means it's gonna be an insane season the rest of the way. Like I can't even can't even wait to see what the NFL brings us because it's been such a good product already. Yes. I feel the same way with basketball, even though it feels like basketball's coming back too quick. I could I could go another month without basketball, honestly, mm-hmm. right now, where the NFL is going. And I've said that plenty of times, like which the season would start around Christmas, but October 19th, I believe, is a start date. So, uh, you know, we'll see. 
We'll see. And I cannot wait to discuss it more. I'm, I'm going to get out there. I was going to say, I'm not going to lie for me real quick before we do get out. I forgot the NBA season started in a, like two weeks until in the fantasy draft, Steven said something. I was like, wait, what, what time is it? I mean, obviously I was moving too, so I haven't been like fully tuned into sports every week. But I've been just so consumed when I am in football that it's like, oh. And then obviously I had a battle rep event that was amazing on a Saturday. On, um, one battle was amazing. The rest of it was okay. But I was like, between there that happening, there's other battle rap stuff happening. And then football, it's been like, oh, basketball is a thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot I like that sport. <laughs> that sport's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he... Oh, sorry. Yeah, he, um, so I was looking at Draymond Green's stats, so I got, got fucking kind of confused there, my fault. <laughs> yeah, you're good. But, uh, no, yeah, I, I completely forgot about it. And then I saw that the preseason was going to be starting this past weekend. And I was like, you, you know, training camp started last week. It seems insanely early. I think because I think it was about two or three seasons ago, they started, they moved up the season from, you know, usually around a Halloween start to, you know, about two weeks before, 10 days ahead. So it's early. It's, I don't know. I dislike it. I really do. I already dislike the Halloween start, but at the same time, it's good to have it back. And I'm excited for our giraffe next weekend. Oh yeah. Yo, yeah. But I'm going to repeat. We'll see. We'll see. I'm repeating. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to hope I don't have a season where, you know, I have zero healthy, a healthy roster the whole way. Like, Every week of the season, I had an unhealthy roster. Did not have a full roster at all. So I'm assuming that won't happen this year, but we'll see. I was snaked in last year. Me and the Celtics had the same exact season last year, no lie. <laughs> not one healthy game. We, my team clicked at the right time. People thought my LaMelo and Zion for Andre Drummond trade was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all I got to say is yeah. I got the rookie of the year in Zion for Drummond who didn't play. Oh, By the man. way, Pat, we didn't mention this before. Packers against Jalen Smith. Yes, yes. Okay, that that will help them too. That will help. I hope. Hopefully, yeah. he can get back to form form like he was two years ago. Like, may I mean, obviously, on that loaded linebacking core, he just couldn't find couldn't find room, which is fair, but. Hopefully he can get back to Jalen Smith form and he'll be a good addition for the Packers. Last thing I'm gonna say, check out check out Meek Mill's album if you haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Just dropped it last Friday. I've gotten a chance to listen to it. Uh I gotta say, I have kind of mixed feelings about it. I feel the same. I almost feel I feel like Meek gets better every album. Yep. I feel that I have the same feeling as this as I did with Drake's album. I feel like Meek didn't really leave his wheelhouse, which is fine, but I don't feel like the songs where he didn't leave his wheelhouse are like better than previous songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, but it's not a born, not a born album at all, though. It's a good album. Uh, I've listened through it probably twice now. I'm gonna give it more of a listen towards the end of the week here. See how it is. It definitely plays well in the whip, uh, which all Meek albums do really. Yeah, of course. And I think you. We talked about it briefly. You said Kalani. The feature with Kalani is basically twenty four seven part two. That's accurate. It's a good song. It is. Um, I heard it on the radio today on the way to. Um, I had to go get some stuff for the apartment, so on the way there, I heard it on the radio. I was like, "Oh, this sounds like Kalani." I was like, "Oh." Then that's Meek Mill because I recognize the song. I heard a snippet, but I hadn't actually listened to the whole thing, and I was like, "Wait, 
This feels exactly like twenty four seven, just part two. It's kind of like yeah, when really it's kind of like when DJ Khaled put out "I'm the One." Obviously, that was a smash, and then he put out "No Brainer" with Justin Bieber, Quavo, and Chance. No, I don't. Yeah, Chance the Rapper was on that as well. It just felt like "I'm the One" part two. Yeah, more or less, more or less. Uh, and I don't want to get too much into it because I got to go here, but like championships is my favorite Meek Mill album. Yep. That dropped now three years ago. So my thing is, you know, if you have a three-year wait, did I say three months? If you have a three-year wait, you know, you're hoping that album's going to either outshine it or come close to it. And mm-hmm. I feel like it was pretty good. I feel like it was no different than maybe his earlier projects, which yeah. is, you know, you know, seven, seven out of 10, 7.5 out of 10, 8 out of 10, that kind of range. Uh, championships, I feel like it's too long of an album, but it's that's still definitely my favorite Meek album. What's your favorite Meek Mill album, by the way? Dreams and Nightmares. So his, his debut. I thought his you were going to say that. I, I, love his, I love his debut. Man, yeah, no, I love the... Obviously, one of the best intros ever, but his debut, I absolutely love it because I love Dream Chasers 1, Dream Chasers 2, Into Dreams and Nightmares. That's all my... I love that all. Yeah, early Meek's hard to beat. Early yeah. definitely hard to beat, but championship, um, championships is a phenomenal album. It really is. I I can't believe it's been three years since that. Uh, you don't I, really listen to him at all because you. But Andy Minio, known as a Christian rapper, really just a rapper. But um, he's he put out an album Neverland Two. If you ever, it's only 30, 39 minutes, so it's not that long. If I you have, I was gonna say listen to it. He actually ra- he actually raps, so it's not like it's just something that like oh, okay he doesn't he just only talks about God the entire time. No, he actually <laughs> raps, but so I would I suggest listening to that. That I did listen to. Meeks obviously being a little bit longer, I hadn't gotten a chance to fully actually go through it yet. Christian raps not really my lane. Like I don't listen to it at all. But uh, Lecrae is pretty talented. I like you yeah. obviously play. You're a Lecrae fan. I've. I've cost some Lecrae tracks and, uh, you know, cost them on my own. Definitely like what he puts out. So, yeah, maybe I'll give this. Lecrae. Any, any features on it that I would like? Um, no, because he kind of goes with Christian features-ish. But, like, uh, he does have Lecrae on one, two songs, actually. I don't know Shit. if you heard of, heard, heard of INK, but he has INK features as well. But you put Kanye on that. Kanye's yeah, got Honestly, I, I think Kanye would fit perfectly. But he's... He's not like a Christian rapper. He's more like Lecrae, but he's actually more... He talks more real than Lecrae. Not even more real, but he's kind of even more into the quote-unquote rap than Lecrae is. So, but I would suggest... It sounds like he's a... From what I've heard of Lecrae, he sounds like he's... You know, a current rapper. You know, if oh, I yeah, was listening definitely. to the content, he would sound like any other, not any other rapper, but he sounds like a lyricist, you know? Yeah, no, uh, Andy Minio's the same way. Production's pretty good. I I've, I would listen to it once. I think you'll find a few songs you definitely like on there. I'll check it. What'd you say the project's called again? Uh, Neverland 2. Neverland 2, all right. Last thing I'll say. <laughs> For the fourth time, last thing I'll say. <laughs> yeah, it's from the topic of rap. We got, we still got two months left this year three really before the first of january yeah. so kanye's came out drake's obviously came out meek yeah jake Cole. yeah those are all the big and oh, he had know, a couple new songs what's up he had a couple new songs i don't know if you listen to uh the his little heavenly ep song that he had he featured on a uh joe um on a joiner lucas song as well j cole both of them are great 
Yeah. And, yeah, and, uh, and Wale. That's on Wale, too, when he came out with a freestyle over Pipe Down, where he uh, concedes that he's third to Kendrick and Drake. Oh, yeah, that's the heavenly, that's, that's the EP. That's the heavenly Word. EP, but yeah. Word. Not sure how I feel about him conceding, but I would say, like, out of every one of those big names who's dropped so far, I think Cole has the best project. I do. I think Cole is right now the best rapper alive, personally. I think I can't put Kendrick in that conversation because he hasn't done anything since 2017. I like. What about the what about the three or four songs he has on uh, Keem's album? I like I like him. I like Kendrick is starting to come back, and I think he's gonna have an album out because he's gonna be a half the halftime show at the Super Bowl. I don't know if you saw yeah, that. Yeah, I would think he's coming out with something before that. Yeah, I figured he would come out with something before that. So that makes me excited that there's. it feels like there's a deadline on Kendrick because it never feels like there is. But it feels like there would be a deadline by then you would put something out. So we should be getting something in four months within. I would think. I would think so. Yeah, Kendrick, the throne is there for the taking with Kendrick is my overall point there. If he comes out within these next three months... I think those are all good albums by everyone we mentioned, like all the big names. Cole's being the best, so I think like he, that's the bar to leap over, and mm-hmm. I think Kendrick's more than capable, obviously, of uh, of leaping over that bar. So it, it yeah, feels like see. the throne's always Ken. Like for the last like six years, it feels like the throne is Kendrick's, and then he'll leave. Someone will sit, and then he'll come back, and then it's just his throne again. That's what it feel for me personally. That's what it feels like. It's like okay. You now reminded us that you're the best rapper alive. But right now, for me, Cole has it. Because since he put out the Dreamville Project, like since KOD, because he's had KOD, killed features, put out the Dreamville Project, then he puts out the Off Season, which is fire, has freestyles. All You can't really go two months without hearing something from Cole. And it's always, and it's been good, always. So that's personally for me. Drake's obviously going to be in his lane. So Drake, you could always really make an argument for Drake, I guess, depending cool. on like what you depending on like what your conversation is. But for me right now it's cool. And I think Kendrick can take it if he comes out and puts out something at least as good as damn if not better. I kind of like that stance on uh on J Cole. I like that. I like that. It's different. So uh yeah, I'm going to get out of here. I got some paperwork to do. Great talking to you. We'll be talking more NBA, maybe more music next time, but for sure more NBA and yeah. obviously more NFL. So for Warner sure. Brothers Podcast, this was Kyle. Keenan, great talking to you. Great talking to you We're as well. You. All right, I'll talk to you. See ya.